Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. I'd started a sermon series on how to make your star shine. Praise God. And I shared one of those days and said that success is not a mistake. And neither is it supposed to be a mystery. If it was a mystery for you, this is the time I've been trying to demystify that so-called mystery. Because God has set principles beforehand for your grace and glory. Praise the Lord. The Bible speaks of the wisdom which was hid from the ages past for our glory. That means that there are things God knew would happen in your day. And then he hid them. And now he's manifesting them through the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. The first day I spoke about what it means to serve. The second day I spoke about the what? Huh? Wisdom. What was the third? The light within. Praise God. The light within. The light within. The light within. Carry them. (laughs) I told you power is here. (laughs) The light with what? Within. The light within. The light within. That's what I talked about. Now today I also want to introduce a a very interesting uh, topic that many times people take for granted, okay? But has defined many things. Uh, Many, has defined many people. Has established many people. has, Has brought glory and honor to many people. Has brought beauty to many people. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verses 1. He says, if therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that you you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. The Bible says, let nothing be done, listen, through strife or vain glory. But the Bible says, but in lowliness of mind, the Bible says, let each esteem another better than themselves. And the Bible says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of a man. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself even as a, and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly, highly, somebody say highly, exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should should bow of things in heaven and in the earth and in the things under us and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father somebody shout hallelujah, hallelujah. now the Bible tells us 
I have seen, and soon I'm preaching in a minister's conference this thing. Very soon I'm preaching something um, in a minister's conference about this thing. I think one of the most sobering scriptures for me as a minister of the gospel, from the time the Lord called me to this wonderful ministry, is the most distinct fact and truth that the Lord deals with every man according to his heart. And I'll preach that soon in the minister's conference. I need to go a bit deep. I touched it a bit in Eldoret, but in Uganda here I'll do something. I'll dig deep. The Lord deals with you and I according to the state of your heart. Praise God. Some of you, your hearts cannot receive glory a certain way. Some of you, your hearts cannot respond to money a certain way. Some of you, your lives cannot respond to glory a certain way. That is why some people, the moment they are anointed, they change. The moment they get a little amount of money on their account, they change. The moment they are exalted in two higher places of life, they, they change. You understand what I'm saying? Because God deals with every man according to his heart. Let me make it simpler. If you're struggling financially, search your heart. If you're struggling in ministry, search your heart. If you're struggling in any aspect of life, search your heart. So he tells you, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Are you following me? The hearts of men in this world are very, and, and you know, see, the Bible is very clear that when we receive Jesus Christ, he replaced the heart of stone with the heart of flesh. But that reality is not manifested in the lives of many because many have rather chosen to incline to the carnal senses rather than the spiritual. And for such many of our people, many believers across the world, even though the realities, the present truth realities, the New Testament realities are available for us, many of us don't walk in them. Like the Bible says that for his, by his stripes you were healed. It's one thing for you to know that you were healed. It's another for you to walk and carry the manifestation of that healing. Lest you die in what the Bible called feigned faith. What is feigned faith? Feigned faith is, is, is a faith that continually lies to the self. To a point where you believe that you're believing, yet you don't have the results of the man who has believed on God. Are you following me? Bible says, but that is not how so we have learned Christ. When the Bible tells us to examine ourselves, he wants us, God, God wants to examine you against the state of your heart. You understand what I'm saying? When, when, when the Lord was, was, was separating me in my earlier years of ministry, I remember at campus, many times... I loved and still do love solitary places. I love the place where I just want to be with God and hear and experience and, and, and feel and hear him a certain way. And the Lord told me the kind of ministry he had placed upon my life. I remember it as good as they like. But like I said, there are certain things I, I cannot share now to the fullest because some people think I'm boasting. But watch DC, CPC. Praise God. But I remember him warning me many times. He says, your heart. Grace your heart. Grace your heart. 
grace your heart, the state of your heart, the state of your heart. He says, thank you, thank you, Chronicles 6.30. He says, and render to every man according to all his ways whose heart you know. For you know the hearts of men. He renders to every man according to the state of his heart. Can you imagine that the difference between the next success story of your life and where you are is the state of your heart? Some people, if victory comes or glory comes, they'll destroy many. The psalmist says it's a very, it's a very disturbing thing for the wicked to walk in glory. You understand what I'm saying? It's a very disturbing thing for the wicked to walk in glory. There are people in this world who, if you enter their hearts, they are wicked. You, you've read the scripture, how we fight principalities, powers, rulers in high places, and, and wicked, wickedness in high places. Some people are wicked. And Job says that the light of the wicked will dim. That means the more wicked you are, the more you're going to, you're going to dim your light. Somebody shout hallelujah. The more wicked you are, the more you dim your light. The more you dim your light. The more wicked you are, the more you dim your light. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verses 4. Give me the Amplified Bible. The Bible says, Then I saw that all painful, that all painful, he says that all painful effort in labor and all skill in work that comes, the Bible says, from a man's rivalry with his neighbor. And he says, and this is also vanity, a vain striving after the wind and a feeding after. God, God is telling us here that a man can, can, can excel because he has envy for his neighbor. A man can excel in skill and become better because he has envy for his neighbor. A man can become a success at work because he has envy for his neighbor. A man can excel in, in labor, in things, in, in, in understanding. But when what, whatever is on that man's life is actually envy. A man can envy you enough to seek the miraculous. A man can envy you enough to, 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 to sharpen his skill to become a success as an individual. And I've seen it under the sun. And you know that. Can you believe that there are people who, because they envy the success of others, they're inspired to be better? And the Bible says that that is also vanity, a vain striving after the wind and a feeding on it. In other words, you are, you are chasing after the wind and you're feeding on the same wind. The end of it is destruction. That is why some people do not walk in a grace that stays. Because when you look, you see, because remember, he's a, he's a principled God, right? Seed and harvest. You see? In Corinthians, it tells you of people who give their lives, yet they have not love. You understand what I'm saying? They, yet the man has given his, his life. He, you can see that the guy has availed himself to even serve. But what is the state of your heart, man of God or woman of God, as you're serving God? Are you serving? Are you doing these things because you envy another brother who is at another success level? Or are you doing it because you honestly love God? You understand what I'm saying? There's a man who was at work and had the success of another man who was promoted. And then he asked this guy, hey, what, what, what's your secret? Oh, no, I went and did the master's and did some extra 
papers on me. And the man went also to do those papers to be promoted. But he didn't go as an inspiration. He went because he envied the man who was a success. Can you believe it? That it happens on the face of the earth. But it does. That's why you examine yourself and find out. Am I doing these things because I am led, inspired, instructed by God? Or because in my heart as I'm examining there is envy within? How many of you walked with men who looked like they were on the same team, same agenda, same inspiration, same understanding. And then tomorrow they turn against you like they have never loved you, like they have never had a relationship with you. Let me tell you why. When you are up there and your light is shining, sometimes you attract all manner of things. You get my point? And some of you think that everybody who laughs around with you is with you. No. Our Lord Jesus turned to 12 men after the 5,000 and left. He asked them, are you going to leave also? And these 12 tell him, for where shall we go? For with thee are the words of his life. But the 5,000 didn't see the words of life. The 5,000, the Bible says in Matthew, were with him for bread. That's why why the voice. He told him, no, no, no. You seek me not because you you want eternal life, he said. You seek me for bread. You seek for bread. Do you know how many people go to church just for a miracle? And God help you to mature. Praise God. Maybe you saw somebody getting better. And then you say, ah, even me, let me go to Fenero. Say, say that even me, my life gets better. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Change your course. Repent from that. Change your mindset from that. Don't seek God because of the success of the other. No. Seek God because you must seek God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Sit in the presence of almighty God because you have to sit in the presence of almighty God. Now, how can a man out of envy, out of envy? So that's why you see some people around them. Many of you are destroyed by the people who are closest to you. Because envy knows nobody. It can hit somebody you least expect. They're around you, smiling, celebrating you. Tomorrow, if you have one little problem, they're going to magnify it. Praise the Lord. Even if it's not a problem and it's a rumor. They'll destroy you. Why? Because they were not with you because of love. They were with you because they were envious for the position that was around you. They were seated in the back, but waiting. It's like the Joab spirit. You remember in scripture? He's serving, but there's something on him waiting for one day to just get into this thing and say, ah, you understand? They can kill you for success. That is why every time I'm praying for you, many times I say, may the wicked and unreasonable be far. Why do I pray that the wicked be far? Why do I pray for you that the wicked be far? Because wicked men are wicked all through. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. The world is so full of strife. The world smells and breathes in and out competitions and and things with men. Men can destroy each other for anything. The world never puts others ahead of them. No, no, no. Everybody wants to take their space in this little thing that seems like it's not enough. And and many Christians have got into that, 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 that deception. Every time you're doing things, you feel like there's never enough for you and you always have to find your way to... You understand what I'm saying? Competition is like competition. It's in the church. It's outside church. It's at your workplace. Many of you, the people who have been dis- disappointed you most, the people who... That's reproach. That's a spirit. Praise God. We compete in everything. That even in jam we... Me and my pastors have started a campaign. 
Praise God. We've called it Lekera. You know what Lekera means? When you're on the road and the guy is passing, stop, tell him pass. I'm Fanero, pass. That's our contribution to the government for the accidents in the country. If you know you're a Fanero member and you're driving a car, you're hearing me. The moment you stop and somebody looks like for them they are rushing, let them. Tell your neighbor, Le Kera. Just give opportunity for another. Let's read it in the, in the message. The, the very Philippians. I think, I think let's read the message version. Believe for, um, aha, begin from verse 3. He says, do not push your way to the front. Huh? Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. This, this is the spirit of Christianity. So there are people who are too desperate. They even boast, me, I'm very aggressive. You see, you can... You, you can get so aggressive until you start to have another spirit on you. How many of you know that? You can get so aggressive until you start functioning. Because you see, being aggressive is okay if you understand the mystery of rest. When God ministers rest, I mean, leave, leave the semantics. You understand? And what appears to be the form of revelation. But I'm talking about the true experience of rest within God. The Bible says, we which have believed do not haste. Do you know what that means? When we say we don't haste, it means we don't get an anxious feeling to, to, to prompt us to, to, to rush into decisions that we're not supposed to be into. We, we're not like that. We, we are not modeled like that. We are not anointed like that. We are not ordained like that. There is nothing that is ordained for your life that will leave you. No, no, of course, there are some people who say, ah, you know, you can have an anointing, but then it's a, some, a woman one time came to my office and said, Apostle, I think I refused the man I was supposed to marry. I told her, how is that possible? So the man you're supposed to marry is married to another woman. And she said, I think so. I told her, read your Bible. What does the Bible say that he maintains your lot? What does he mean when he says he maintains your lot? There is nothing of mine that a man can take. Cannot happen. Let me tell you an interesting story. Let me tell you a very interesting story. Many, many years ago, my father bought me a toy car. It was a blue toy car. I still have memories of since I was two. It's interesting. If you don't need to believe me. Some of you, you know you have a problem with your memory. But not all of us have memory issues. And I remember when I was little, I was driving this blue car. It was a Mercedes. Of course. Some of you, you buy your children garbage trucks. Then when they grow up, they become garbage truck drivers. And then you ask yourself why. So my father bought me a what? A Mercedes. It was blue. And it was one of, it had police on the side. I wonder, I think some countries used to use Mercedes Benzes for, you know, to chase thieves. I don't know. So it was a car you used to wind. Eh? Then you put it down. Then it speeds off until the winding what? Games. So one of those days, I tried to wind it and wind it and then it failed. I don't know what had happened. I don't know whether the house girl had messed it up, I suspect. 
So I remember getting that car and I bashed it on the head. I said, you car, why aren't you moving? This memory is very clear. I think my, mama, my mother is here. Maybe she could remember. But my dad, I reminded him and he told me he remembers. Then when I crashed that car, my father said, how could you crash the car he gave you? I was so broken that I'd broken dad's car. Then I promised myself that when I grow up, I'm going to buy a Mercedes as my first car to replace the car I broke. Interestingly, this thing stayed in my heart all of those years. It never left me. Fast forward. I'm in the bank. I got songs of Mercedes, got pictures of Mercedes. I even started singing, oh Lord, you will buy me a Mercedes Benz. I always used to sing that. I always used to sing, you know, the meditation. You start singing. Says to sing, Oh Lord, you will buy me a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> so I used to sing it. Now the devil attacked me. I'll tell you how. I always told myself, my first car will be a Mercedes. My first car will be a Mercedes. And one of those days, some guy came. And he had a certain car, not mention its name. Because it might be one of those things parked there. So he was driving a funny car. Of course, it's not the one you, you brought. I'll not mention the name. Because it might be one which you're driving now. And the guy said, Apostle. I feel the Lord is telling me to give you this car. It was supposed to be a sort of me melting affection of, wow, Jesus, you've answered my prayer. I've been on border borders preaching. Mama. He said, I said, oh, the Lord has told you. Ah, okay. Praise God. I sat on a board and went home. I said, God, I cancel. I, I prayed the, mama, mama, mama. For two hours, I was saying, no. My first car can't be a No, no, no. I prayed and I prayed and I counseled and I counseled and I counseled that demon spirit of the car which is following me, which is not the one which I asked for. I'm that crazy. You know, some of you, that's how the devil works. You ask for the man, you get a man. Hello, somebody. You ask for that job, you get a job. Then you say, ah, let me be settling for this while I wait for the Lord. Okay, get Hagar, get, make a few babies at Abraham while you wait for Ishmael. When you choose to believe, choose to believe. Somebody shout hallelujah. And wife, if what you ask for didn't come, go back to God and tell him this is not what I asked for. I didn't bargain for this. It's not my person. My God, I knew that was reproach. A, a curse has befell me. I prayed the whole night. I said, God, reverse this thing. Let that man forget. Let him not bring it. Now, interestingly, during the same time, there was somebody who knew about the story. And then one, two, three weeks, they didn't see the car coming. So they came in silence and they told me, Apostle, you remember the guy who promised you a car? Why hasn't he brought it? And I kept quiet. 
Then he said, you know what I feel in my spirit? This is a devourer. Whoa! I told him no. No, brother. I held his hand and I told him the Lord maintains my lot. Mine can't go. I didn't believe God for that car. I believed God for a Mercedes. He says, oh? At least receive that one and survive. I told him, no, 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 you don't get it. I told God my first car must be a what? Mercedes. Two months later, me was driving Mercedes. <laughs> Why? Because God wants to give you to detail. He knows your desire. You didn't wake up and desire it. Like there's a guy I know in Canada. Every time he's asking, he says, Toyota, Toyota. It's his preference. That's what he wants. God give him a Toyota. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Praise God. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in the fourth verse in the message, don't be so obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Some of you, you're so, so, so fascinated with getting advantage over others. Some people do not know that the son of God died to bring many sons to glory. Oh, you didn't get it. To bring many heels to glory. To bring many sons to glory. To bring many technon to glory. To bring the beloved to glory. God wants you to reduce, to, to, to humble your spirit. To bring many to shining. When many shine, you'll be amazed where you'll be. I said, when you make other people shine, you'll be amazed what God will do on your life. Some of you, you are so interested in your success that you've never looked around you to, to find success for others. And that is why you're struggling. Because you always push yourself ahead of others. These things seem small, but they are deep. Why? Because we have a character issue. We have a character issue. Our doors are not reconciling with the windows. You understand what I'm saying? You, 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 of course, you read the scripture. Okay, let me explain it. You read the scripture, oh, uh, you'll do, give your tithe and you'll see how I'll open the windows of heaven and bless you, right? You remember? You read that scripture, right? Well, how he opens the windows of heaven and what? And blesses. Now, if you read scripture very well, you're going to, it will interest you that actually windows represent revelation. God is not a stock exchange market that when you get your tithing and give it, he calculates and give him back a hundred thousand. No, that's not God. And God doesn't bless you back by giving you money. That's human currency. God blesses you by opening up things that will bring the money. You understand what I'm saying? Wisdom is the mother of all witty inventions. There's a giver that will get an idea and that idea will change your life for good. It will get a concept. It will put a certain favor on your life and that favor will open doors for you that no man can ever open except God. So the windows bring a certain glory of entrance of revelation and the doors are for utterance. When you remember when Paul is saying we pray that the Lord might grant us doors of utterance. 
So in a dispensation where the windows of revelation don't reconcile with the doors of utterance, many people are speaking what doesn't reconcile with what ought to be revealed or what is revealed in that present time. Revelation is consistent with the timings of the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? That's why he could hide. The Bible says, and, 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 and this wisdom was hid from the ages past and now is revealed for your glory. He, 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 he hid it. It was hidden in the past. God knows how to hide away certain stuff to reveal it in a given dispensation. What we know now is not what the people in the 1880 knew. And definitely what our children will know will be deeper than what we know. Because God gives revelation and experiences according to their accorded time of purpose. What the church ought to know. He says how they searched of old, this grace, the, how, how it, they spoke of the sufferings of Christ and the resurrection. This whole glory and grace that was to come. And the says, unto whom it was revealed that not unto them did they minister these things. But unto us, the prophets of old, the Bible says, they searched out diligently. And the Bible says, and things even angels inquire into, present continuous. That means the angelics are fascinated on every move of the spirit. They never stop to inquire in the things of where God is present continuously. Why? Because much as they dwell in heaven, they carry not the experience that you and I carry, which is God in us, Christ in us, the, the hope of glory. God doesn't dwell in angels. He dwells with the angelics, but he doesn't dwell in them. The most beautiful mystery, Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why I told people, yeah, I just can't wake up and then you hear I died in a car accident. Where are the angels? You understand what I'm saying? No, 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 it's not possible. It cannot happen. No, look at this pride. No, no, it's not pride. It's the gospel. If they inquire in what I'm saying, if they foresee something, they'll say, no, 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 apostle grace, apostle grace. We need you on Thursday. You understand? Tell your neighbor, that's my portion. In the mighty name of Jesus, I cannot die. I cannot die before my time because I'm needed in this world. I have an unfinished business in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. You get my point? Now, the reconciliation of this wisdom hidden is what Revelation 2.17 calls the hidden manner. You understand what I'm saying? The true overcoming of a Christian. We have overcome. Some of you are, caught, are talking of court battles. That's not overcoming. No, no, no. Overcoming is the yieldedness that pacifies the offense of ignorance. Because yielding pacifies offense. Overcoming is when a man can break in spirit and yield enough to God to get a revelation that will get them from one place into another glory. How many of you know that when you know the truth, the truth makes you free. As we behold like in a mirror the glory of God, he says we are metamorphosed, we are changed from one level of glory to another level of glory, from one level to another level, to the full stature, the very measure and splendor, ever increasing glory to the level of Christ. And the Bible says, and this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. When we say I'm overcoming, we're not talking about the guy who was fighting you at your job and then immediately they sacked him. That's not an overcomer. That can happen for a Muslim. 
An overcomer is a man who has yielded himself enough in the spirit to access what is relevant, remar, for his dispensation. Some of you don't know that all you need is the word of God. All you need is that word to help you. When he sends his word to Jacob, the Bible says it lights Israel. It illuminates Israel. When he sends it to the... Well, Jacob, it means a, a physical body. Right? When he sends it to your physical senses, it enters your spirit and lights up your spirit man. You start shining brighter. Some of you, you don't need... You, you, you just need to shine brighter. Fever will come. Glory will come. Increase will come. Understanding will come. That's why he says, let him who has ears hear what the spirit is saying. For to him that overcometh, he says, I will give. He says, I will give that man a name. He, uh, I'll, I'll write a name. He'll give that white stone. The Bible says, and he that he let, so let's read it. He says, let him that has an ear hear what the spirit says unto the churches. And to him that overcometh, to hear and to see. To him that overcometh. That's the true victory. True victory is when you must see what you must see. And hear what you must hear. Because what is revealed belongs. Anything that, be, that, 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 that is revealed to you belongs. The rest is the revealed things belong unto us. Some people don't know that when something is revealed in your spirit, you don't ask for it. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. That's why some of you don't see. Soon I'm going to do prayer code 8. Eh? Some, some people don't understand that at the ounce of that revelation, spiritually you possessed the thing. Some of you see, and like the Bible speaks in Hebrews, they saw these promises from afar and they were convinced that they were strangers to them. How can you do that? Some of you, every, everything God has given you by Christ, it is available unto you if it is revealed. What is not revealed, you'll strive to get. Oh, no, but I have the revelation. If then, then why don't you have it? Oh, maybe I should need to explain that having it does not necessarily mean that it has manifested. No, there's a transition to that. When it's apocalypsed, when it's unveiled, it needs the reconciliation of understanding that revelation. But that revelation cannot walk alone except if it finds divine purpose. And once that purpose comes, then manifestation. The revelation gave you everything, but divine purpose reconciles what has been given into manifestation because it's going to have the course of divine purpose. So you're not just driving a car. It has purpose. You don't just live where you're living in that nice mansion. It has purpose. You don't marry to the woman you marry just like that. She has purpose. You're not, you're not married to that man just like that. No, he has purpose. You're not at that job. You have purpose. I thank God that I understood that long ago. I have never worked for money. Never, never, never. Even when I was banking, I always knew I was there for a purpose. Heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, and then preach the gospel. Because I knew no man could pay me for what is inside. This is called treasure in earthen vessels. Treasure in earthen vessels. No man can pay you for the excellence of power which is in you and through you by Christ. You are priceless. Somebody shout hallelujah. You're priceless. Nobody can pay you. So wherever you're working, if you have a job, I want to give you good news. That salary is, don't even plan on it. 
No. Plan according to his riches. In glory. In Christ. I remembered one time before I left the bank. Some guy started asking me. But we need to investigate you. I started to look strange. You understand? Because I was richer than my pay. Come on. I'm a man of God. What do you expect? You also can claim it if you want. If you don't want, survive like the world. Hallelujah. That's why a Christian should not compete with the world. How can you compete with the men of this world? With vain things. Money is vain. Those are nothing. You know where our joy is. Our joy is in the preaching of the gospel. The souls that are one every day. Are you following what I'm saying? That's who we are. That's what we understand. So that's a true overcomer. Whose eyes can see and whose ears can hear what the spirit is saying. God wants to give vision to everything he speaks to you. Because when you see it, it's yours. And you don't enter to pray for it. No, 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 no. From the moment I see something, all I do is thanksgiving to the end of that manifestation. Why? Because the moment I see it, I now start to seek the purpose of it at why God is bringing it. And once I find the purpose of it, manifestation is inevitable. It's unavoidable. It has to happen. How can you know these things and stand no more? Cannot happen. Tell your neighbor, cannot happen. Tell him again, cannot happen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why he tells us to have a certain mind in Christ. A certain mind in Christ. Humility is not... Humility is not... When they say he humbled himself. Humility is not a decision. It's not a choice. No. It's a nature of a regenerated spirit in Christ. It's supposed to be part of the nature of a regenerated spirit in Christ. Somebody asked me, how does a man walk in humility? I was sharing this recently. I told them, a, a man, if a man has not seen God, he will struggle to be humble. But what about those who have seen God and they are not humble? No, 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 no. They saw a certain part of him. You understand what I'm saying? The world is so full of parts in vision that when God opens your spirit to see the fullness of things, some of you will see how these parts become elements. They just become elements. They just become elements. And of course, humanity sees in part. When they get a microscope and they start checking that virus or bacteria, that's part vision. It's part vision. He's gone through many lenses to try to define something. But there's another spiritual representation of this cell, this bacterium, this cell, this cancer that is eating up this individual. That can, it can't be fixed in science. That's why healing is amazing. Because we function from the fullness of knowledge. When I was in Kenya, some of you heard the story. There was a woman who was going to go for an, an operation. So they brought her to me, laid hands on this woman, and immediately her knees healed. Up to today she's healed. But interestingly, there was a woman who had a son, and when I was laying hands on this woman, the son had had a, a very, very funny affliction on the one of, I think, of the thumb. And the thumb became shapeless. And then some, I think, it became so sick, it went for an operation, they failed to heal the boy's thumb. So 
And that was the hand that was writing. So the boy could not write. So the mother tells her son, just go and touch his shoe. Now, me, I'm laying hands on an old woman. And, I, and, and a young boy comes and puts his hand on my shoe. Bam! And the, the finger heals. Science can't explain that. Science can't explain that. That someone's arm, what a scientist could not operate. Someone touched an anointing. And that anointing healed him. You think I don't know that it is the life of God which is in me? I do know. I was not like that before I received Jesus. As a normal person. But thank God for who you are. Thank God for this life that is moving in your veins. Hallelujah. Somebody one time told me, you know, the anointing on your life is for people. Not you. I said, that's not good. You can't anoint me to heal these people. And this thing inside me which even comes out when I'm speaking. And it doesn't move in these lungs. It's impossible. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. The anointing benefits people, but it also benefits you. Somebody shout hallelujah. It benefits you. Somebody say I'm anointed. Say again and say I'm anointed. So when the fullness is come, the Bible says that part is dealt away with. The part is dealt away with. God has not called you to see in part. He, the fullness that filleth all things is come, which is Jesus. That means when you stand before a sick person, you, you don't see like, like a microscope sees the virus. No. You see the demon itself and address it. And it has to go. Because you see the fullness. You are in the fullness. You carry him, which is the fullness. And ye are, the Bible says, complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Somebody say, I'm complete in him. Say again, I'm complete in him. Now, when we're talking about this mind of Christ, it's not something you just try to be. It is your nature. And I want you to see this as I'm sharing. Philippians tells us God wants you to find to, to have the same mind as was in Christ. He found it no robbery to be like unto God, but he humbled himself. Humility has a strong thing that makes the light of a man shine so bright. Before honor is humility. So the Bible says in Proverbs. He says, before honor is humility. That means if you're, you're going to walk in a certain grace and glory, God requires a certain fashioning, a certain, a certain breaking of yourself to humble yourself. Thank you. He says, the fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility, before any glory hits your life, God wants you to humble yourself first. Give me the amplified. Thank you. Reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord brings instruction in wisdom. And humility comes it comes before honor. It, pre it, it precedes honor. That means when you, when you humble your spirit, when you start to walk in the humility of spirit, when you embrace the humility of spirit, it's unavoidable that a certain honor will come upon your life. There's a paradox there too. How does honor come to me when I tell I'm humbling myself to be the least? Hello? Praise God. Let me read your scripture. Proverbs 22. <laughs> there are three things he speaks about. Verses uh, 4. He says, by humility, huh? by humility, and the fear of the Lord, are, one, 
riches and honor and life. Riches, honor, and life. Riches, honor, and life. That means some of you are poor because you're proud. You're poor before, because you're proud. You see, there are only three ways you'll access the anointing. Right? The eunuch is either born a eunuch. There are people who are born rich like me. Then, the eunuchs made by men, there are also people in my life who have taught me certain things that have increased me financially. Right? And the Bible says, and there are some which make themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. There are also things that no man has taught me and neither connected with what I was born with, but have increased or will increase me. And that's the portion of every minister, every believer and every Christian in the world. There is that anointing you are born with from your mother's womb. There is something that will add on you because you encountered a certain man. And there is something that will add on you because, simply because, you consecrated yourself to seek out on an issue before God. That's how it comes. It's not just enough to be born with it. There are many people who are born as stars, but they die very dim. How many people have you looked at and they looked like they had potential? Many people don't die before their time. There are stars that die even before they come out. You understand what I'm saying? There are people who are frustrated and, and destroyed even before they start to illuminate. So it's not automatic that because you're one, therefore you're going to shine. You must understand the principles of this world. And the principles of God. And how God works with us. You understand? Some, it's not even in their own doing. Like the babies who, who die when they're young. It's not their own doing. But I mean that there was not something on them. There was. I know the boy who graduated top of his class. And when they went for graduation, he died. He died. Somebody say far from me. In the mighty name of Jesus. But anyway, back to humility. God says that you must, you must this, this thing seems small, but it is so powerful that with humility and fear of the Lord, our honor, riches, and life. Do you know people who die for nothing? Somebody starts a war, you want to, you also want to feed your ego. You fight, they punch you, you die. For what? If your guy shows his strong, walk away. Come walk away. Just walk away. Well, what, what do you need it for? Why must you win every battle? Lekera, thank you. It's not weakness to choose not to fight. It's not weakness. No. It's ruling your spirit. It's ruling your spirit. It is ruling your spirit. You can choose not to fight. You can choose not to. You can choose not to. Even when you have the strength to beat. You can choose not to fight. You can choose not to. You know how we fight spiritually here. You understand? Eh? 
Here, you have knees. Go on your knees. Praise God. One time I found somebody saying, I'm going to show you my true colors. I said, you're born again. What colors can you have? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalms 25 that he teaches his way to the meek. His way. He reveals his mind to men which are meek. The Bible speaks of Moses. The Bible says he was the most humble man. He was meekest, the, most, the meekest man on the face of the earth. And guess what? The Lord spake not unto him in visions and dreams. But he spake unto him face to face. And not in riddles. That's why I've sobered up to the understanding that sometimes even visions and dreams have a level of pride. If you compare them to a man who has encountered God face to face. Did you get it? Remember when he's telling uh, Miriam and, and Aaron, were you not afraid to speak about my servant? Moses? For he's honorable. The Bible says, if the words, if there be a prophet, give me the Amplified. The Amplified says it well. He says, here now, if there be a prophet among you, I the Lord make myself known unto him in a vision and speak to him in a dream. But the Bible says, but not so with my servant Moses, who is entrusted and faithful in all my house. The Bible says, with him I speak mouth to mouth directly, clearly, and not in dark speeches. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant? That means when, when Moses went before God, he didn't need a vision and a dream. No. The Lord would come to him face to face. That's why he said, the humility, humility. Will, listen, any man who has seen God must be humble. Moses didn't relate with God from a dimension of dreams. I had a vision. In a vision of the spirit. In a vision of the spirit. I see some people, in a vision of the spirit. What of people who behold his very face? Before whom he stands visible and clearly too. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tell your neighbor, be elevated. In the mighty name of Jesus. He says, be clothed with humility. He resisteth the proud. The Bible says he resists. Do you know what it means for God to resist you? Resisting means that you're, you're trying to, but he's resisting. He's saying, oh, no, no. He, his, his finger. Why? Praise God. That is why in James, he calls it the meekness of wisdom. In James, he calls it the meekness. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works. With meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom. A man who is wise has a certain humility on him. When you see a man walking in a certain level of pride, there's a certain immaturity. There's a certain ignorance on his life. He doesn't know much. People who know much, humble. Praise God. People who know much, what? Humble. I've seen people in my years of life. I've seen people. The guy is earning like two million, but <laughs> and you're like, God, give him a just give him a million dollars. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't ever feel that you're better than another because you have more. 
No. You're killing your light. There is a favor that follows men who know how to humble. There's a favor that follows men who know how to humble. You understand what I'm saying? One time I was meditating on Paul when he says that it seems as though we apostles were said to be last. We are like the scum. He used the word the scum of the earth. That's why he tells you if, if a man thinks that he's the greatest, if you think in your life that you're the greatest of all men, God said be the least. Be the least. One time I was in, in a certain country. And I was preaching in a very beautiful church. Big, nice church. So I entered. And there was this big guy dancing on the door. Huh? And then he ushered us in. And then he was excited. Come on, have a seat. You understand? And then he went back to the chair. And he was so happy. And so I asked the person who was hosting me. Because I saw this very happy man on the door. Welcoming people, making them sit, going back. And then the guy said, I asked, who is that guy? He says, I, I, I told him, I see a sudden joy with him. I see something on his life. He says, actually, that's the richest man in this whole part of the world. I said, wah, 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 what? What? The richest man in that whole part of the world was ushering. Apostle Grace Lubega. Some of you from the day you bought a Vitizi. Even the way you enter service. <laughs> the Lord deliver you. Mukamba mi inaba waguru. You're dimming your light. You're telling God you've had enough. Praise God. We're dreaming of days, and those are the things we used to say. You understand? Eh? The most serving people should be the richest people in the ministry. The most serving should be the richest. If you think that you are great, be the least. Serve. Humble your spirit. You get my point? There are some people, some of you, God is just doing us a favor to keep you with 20,000. Otherwise, the way you start walking, there are people who even, oh, you look at the person, oh, you say, God, eh? save us. Just save us. Because if you give him money, we are gone. God is keeping you not to die early. <laughs> now, when Paul says that we, we look like we are the least, huh? I want to finish with that. When Paul says that we look like we are the least, we look like we are the scum, we, we look like, it's because he saw how many times he put himself online in the spirit of meekness and humility to win men. Paul says, I became all things that I might save some. Sometimes you, you need to become like some to save them. You get it? That if you go up there and start not to look like them, you're not going to save them. And this is what makes Christ, Jesus, the captain of this whole crusade. He's, he's the leader of this whole. He brings many sons to glory because he humbles himself. He comes in the form and likeness of a man and a servant. And of course, when he walked the surface of this earth, 
How many people even imagined for a moment that this was the son of God, 100% of God in a human body? But this, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason why you're standing here today. Praising and lifting up your holy hands, saying God is alive and well. Worshipping him every Thursday, Sunday, and wherever you are. Walking this life of salvation and freedom with a full persuasion that you're going to heaven. Because one man reduced, he, he, re, he had to reduce himself to a certain form and nature that he would win you. It's a small thing for you to walk in the humility of spirit. And when I talk about humility of spirit, I'm not talking about outside temperament. There are people who kneel with their legs, but their hearts are. <laughs> Praise God. You know when someone is looking for something, he can do anything. I've seen her. No comment. But there are people who, who, who know how to do anything. That's called manipulation. Man of God, sir. Yes, sir. But inside... Two days later, the person changes and you're like, was this the person who knelt before me? You understand what I'm saying? That's why I tell people, don't be so moved and fascinated by what people can do outside to prove humility. See from within. See from within. You'll see that there's a wisdom. That's why it says giving no offense in anything. That the ministry be not blamed. Because we have allowed to be humble in the spirit. We don't want to bring offense to the gospel. I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I think, verses 3. He says, giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things are proving ourselves as the ministers of God. He says, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. In stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, and by love and faith. He says, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the arm of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. And he says, and by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying and behold will live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful all yet were rejoicing, as poor yet making many Rich as having nothing, yet possessing all things. That's the true spirit of humility. As having nothing, yet possessing all things. As poor, yet making many rich. We can't put ourselves on the pedestal of men calling us deceivers. If we didn't avail ourselves to them to explain Christ. I would not be a liar if I was not preaching the gospel. But sometimes that's the price. You get my point? And as you get deep into this thing, you'll understand that when, as the gospel continues to grow, you understand? When, when we were in campus, I remember we used to have a group of guys when we were praying. Huh? We ask God for something. You get it? Huh? Our hearts ask God for something. We told God, we were not asking for cars. We were not asking for money. We were not asking for houses. We asked God for our generation. We just told him, give us this generation. Just give us that. We shall be okay. You get my point? Eh? There's, there's a demand on our lives. When we enter a certain generation of people who have become so indifferent to what it means to see God, Seeing God doesn't give you an advantage over others. It doesn't make you the special man of God who is unapproachable. 
That's not the God we saw. Or at least that is not the one who walked in the person of Jesus Christ. The man you served ate with tax collectors. He was with men on the streets. He attended weddings like a normal person. He wasn't always hidden away because he needed to see the face of God. Come on. You get my point? Eh? He was normal. He ate with men. He laughed with men. He had a normal life too. Yes, he did miracles, signs and wonders. Yes, but he was a man. He, 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 be, he had the nature of a man. He, he, he humbled himself even as unto the cross. Some people think that getting an anointing is exalting yourself and then dwelling in a light that no man can approach. Some people think that having an anointing is walking a certain way and walking with certain things and around you says that everyone, no, 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 no. That's, that's an, you have an esteem issue. You don't need to walk with me to complete me. I have God. I have God. I have God. You, you understand what I'm saying? Eh? No offense. But some people are, are abusing what it means to see God. Seeing God makes you the most humble thing in the world. You get my point? Because there are people you will never win until you come from up there and go into them. Some people see Fanero, but I wish they were there. That's why I feel sorry for people who don't understand us. No. Ask Apostle Emma. When we used to go to churches, we used to skip. We used to skip. Miala. Eh? Eh? You understand? Rotten stuff on the roads just to enter churches whose doors were not even our height because you needed to reveal Jesus there. When you stuck, I remember one time we were somewhere preaching in Mukono and, and I had to go to full gospel where Pastor Sam then was pastoring. And, and the man, the, ah, I know, oh, I got there, preached the gospel, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. I get on the road and there was no car to take me to Kambala. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not saying this to boast. I'm only telling these young people who are dreaming to understand how this thing happens. I remember we walked like three or four kilometers in the night to get to the first border border. You understand? And I sat on that thing up to 5 a.m. and entered full gospel. Pastor Sam was there. They brought a girl whose heart was stopping. Her brain was damaged. Everything was damaged. They brought her in an ambulance. She passed out four times that night. Jennifer, some of you were there. And I put hands on that girl and she walked from that day and she's alive up to today. The doctors told us she had about one week to live. You understand? But if we had gotten to a place of me, I'm a man of God. If they don't bring a car, I'm not going to come. If they don't pay me this much, I'm not going to come. If they don't do this in my life, I'm not going to come. Whether you have a border or you're supposed to walk up to today, it's in my nature. Whether I have a car or I don't, I still go to hospital ministry up to today. Three weeks ago, I was still in Mulago. I, I, I went into casualty. I went to work with Apostle Grace Fanero. Fanero. But I still go to hospital ministry to pray for the sick. Why? Because it's the same mind which was in Christ. Don't they be a bit too anointed? Not, man. And some of you think I'm boasting. I'm not boasting. I'm only trying to tell some of you who think that because we are up here, we are supposed to be a certain way. No. We're supposed to be the meekest of all. That's how the light shines. God exalts humility. He exalts humility. 
That's why I tell my pastors that the 11th August, we go on the streets and preach. That doesn't take anything away from me. I'll preach on the streets and I'll still stay the anointed man of God. You understand what I'm saying? Don't ever feel too special to do anything for God. Don't ever feel so special to, to go on your knees for God. No, no. I wish some of you see what we talk about. I wish some of you understand our fellowship. Recently, I was watching a man on television. The man started speaking. I couldn't even sit on my own chair, which I bought. I had to kneel down. Why? Because, man, a general, a general, this man, Reinhard Bonke, 77 million people he reached in his life. And he's on television and they're saying, bless whoever is listening. How could I stay on my chair? Are you hearing me? This man wants souls. You understand? He, he, he changed nations. We are still hungry. We've not even seen anything yet. And I'm not telling you these things to boast. I'm only telling you that it's those little small things that make us different. Even the anointing, we respond to it a certain way. We don't respond to the anointing like it's supposed to be normal. No. No, no, no. Because if you don't humble yourself before something, you can never attract it. If you're working at your workplace, be humble before your boss. Before you know it, you'll be the first person they'll consider to promote. If you're serving a man of God, be humble. Just be humble. It doesn't take away anything. It doesn't take away anything. And when men start honoring you, don't exalt yourself also. No, no, no. The Bible says the Son of God brought himself no glory. He brought himself no glory. Did he not have it? He had it. But he did not seek it. He had it, but he did not seek it. That's how our star shines. That's how our star shines. That's how our star shines. Somebody raise your hands. Speak to God. The Prince of God is here. Are you feeling God? Just take a minute and speak to God. Come on, speak to God. Just a minute. My only strength is you. Jesus. My only strength is you. From early in the morning till late at night my only strength is you. My only joy is you, Jesus. My only joy is you. Well, My only joy is you. You take me, you mold me, you use me, you fill. 
I give my life to the porter's head. You call me, you guide me, you lead me, you walk beside. I gave my life to the poor. Let me bless you. I declare and I declare that this word goes to the most inward parts of your spirit. And God bends and breaks you only for glory, life, and wisdom. I declare and I declare that God is going to use you. Somebody is receiving a very special grace right now. <laughs> God exalts you. Power of God is going to use you. Mighty. God knows your hunger and what you thirst for. You're not asking for things money can buy. You're simply telling him, God, I'm available to be used. And when I'm up there, God, I'll still humble before you. It's not what I will become. It's the God I'll constantly remember. And still decrease before him because he must increase. Because you're endless. God help us to see this. In Jesus' mighty name. Give the Lord a miracle of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. If you're sick, God is healing you. Somebody with a lung problem, God is healing you. Somebody with a heart issue, God is healing you. Somebody with a thyroid issue, God is healing you. Somebody with a hearing problem, your right ear, it has been paining and popping. Power Holy Ghost! God heals your right ear. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody with a bone issue, on the left leg, God is healing you. Even if you have not heard, but you're sick, receive your healing. In the mighty name of Jesus, say amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest. Thank you.